Hello and welcome to the Bruja Temple podcast. I am your host, Ami Sage. Um, I know it's been a while. I know I've kind of slacked. I've dealing with life situations is basically how it goes. So uh, we are leading into Matthew 4 in the teachings. I did do a live on it uh, on TikTok. So if you are following me on TikTok, you kind of got the highlights of what we were talking about. If not, here it is. Um, we are going to be pressing further into um, other subjects within the whole biblical construct. Um, many different topics are arising, and we're trying to at least stay in the orders of Jesus's teachings throughout Matthew and leading into the other scriptures as well, uh, the other gospels. Uh, so as we're leading into this, um, please reach out if you are interested into helping. Um, this is the ad. This is, this is the, the forefront of the nonprofit organization, Lensangan Estates. Lensangan Estates is a nonprofit, 100% nonprofit, um, to help people in the Philippines get food, have water filters, shoes for kids, even try and get them the stuff they need to get into school as well. There's a lot of stuff we want to do, and if you want to be a participant in that, um, please reach out. Um, we do have a lot of areas where you could check us out on, on Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram. I try and keep up with all of the social platforms. Um, but if you want any more information, you could reach me at brujatemple at gmail.com. So we are leading into Matthew 4. Now, Matthew 4 is when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanted to highlight the teachings, but this is very significant just as Matthew 3 was because it had a lot of symbolism to it. It had a lot of um, stuff we needed to highlight. And this is exactly one of them as well. So after the 40 days and 40 nights of him eating nothing, he got hungry. Uh, the church teaches as though this is like the 40 years in the desert. However, 40 days is believed to be uh, a time of passing, especially in the Catholic Church. Um, many people, after somebody had passed, spends 40 days in prayer, interceding for the person who had passed so they could enter into heaven. Um, so it is their afterlife, their soul remains on the earthly plane 40 days before entering into the afterlife. Now, in Hindu, of course, we want to also tie into the ancient belief of Hinduism. Um, birth customs relative is to make sure the mother is completely rested for 40 days after birth. This could be a significant sign in many different areas that um, coming into a different gift, coming into a different aspect of your life is like birthing something out, birthing um, a project. You know, people talk about these labor pains you hear all over the church. They have to uh, record time of birth. Okay. In the Hindu practice, they have to record the time of birth. Um, so the priest can cast the child's horoscope accurately. Uh, 40 days of rest is cause the weakness of, um, you know, giving birth, you know, it's very strainful. Um, and it will cause problems for the mother if they do not take that time to rest. 
So I wanted to highlight some of that because um, days and numbers apparently are big in the church. They they do utilize numerology a lot. Um, eight is the number of this or whatever. Um, so this chapter starts off with Satan tempting Jesus. And so Satan tempts Jesus to change these stones to loaves of bread so he could eat. 40 days without food, 40 nights without food, you're going to get hungry. Now, Jesus replies, uh, but this is apparently from scripture because apparently they claim that you know satan knows the scripture in this deuteronomy 8 so he says to prove you are the son of god that's uh, around deuteronomy 8 3 um prove you're a son of god change these stones into loaves of bread jesus replies no for the scriptures tell us that the bread won't feed man's soul obedience to every word of god is what is needed now, again, we can go in depth on what the Word of God is, and that might be a highlight, too. So, <clears throat> that's going to be quite interesting. So, again, Jesus retorted, saying no. You know, using Scripture as well, apparently the Scripture they go back and forth on is um, from the Old Testament. Um, Satan took Jesus to Jerusalem, the roof of the temple. Jump off, he said. Prove you are the Son of God, for the Scriptures declare God will send his angels to keep you from harm. They will prevent you from smashing on the rocks below. Jesus is retorted. It is not. It also says not to put the Lord God to a foolish test. He was basically quoting, quoting Psalms 91. This is not a temptation of Jesus being God, but a temptation of God to protect his son. This is one thing that I want to highlight because a lot of Christians want to insert this in claiming Jesus is God. Um, and, and we're going to talk a lot about that on Fridays live. Um, if you're following me on TikTok, I'm going to announce you know somewhat of the to topic sometime Today, Wednesday, after Celeste's live at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, so the topic a lot is the belief that Jesus is God. And I want to highlight this real quick before we go further into uh, Matthew 4. When it says that uh, Satan was tempting Jesus, it was tempting Jesus to tempt God. Okay, because it says... God will send his angels to keep you from harm. So he said, jump and prove you're the son of God, because God himself will keep you from harm. And so if Jesus did jump, he would be in the process of tempting God to save him or not. So it's not necessarily Jesus saying, you know, oh, do not put your, the Lord your God to a foolish test, stating that, oh, don't tempt me because I'm God. No, he said, I'm not going to tempt my God to do something like that. So <clears throat> that's a highlight of that. Now we go on to the next temptation. Um, the next was a high mountain. Satan was showing all the nations, the people, the land. Okay, And in the biblical spectrum of what nations are, they're not really countries. It's people. The different types of people, different tribes, different beliefs. And all their glory. I will give you all, I will give it all to you if you only kneel and worship me. And this is what uh, Satan says, it, 
highlights around Deuteronomy 6.13. But Jesus replies, get out of here, Satan, for the scripture says, worship the Lord God, obey only him. So this was the temptation. After uh, these three temptations, many people say that there was plenty more, but if it's not recorded down in this book um, that they want to quote, then I don't want to say anything is, is relative or not. Um, but they highlight just three. And if you look at each of them in detail, you can kind of see how it aligns with the chakras, basically giving you the security of food, which is the root chakra. Root chakra needs that food substance to take care of the flesh, um, to kind of ground you as well. Um, if you look at the foods you can eat in the root chakra family, it is basically um, earthly foods, stuff from the ground. Um, the second one could basically be your faith, your trust, and, and stuff like that. The highlight of all these three is the first three chakras. Now, Satan left Jesus, and uh, so Jesus went to Nazareth. Now, the angels came and took care of Jesus afterwards um, to you know feed him and whatever. So it doesn't really highlight any details on what happened there. Um, so after he heard John the Baptist was arrested... Soon went to Caparim, beside the Lake of Galilee, close to Zumbum and Naphtali. I am butchering these words, but you can follow along if you already are in Matthew 4. Now, the f to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Now, this is what's quite interesting. If you go to um, Deuteronomy um in, in the area of Moses and the 12 disciples and, and learning from what it is within this spectrum of, of this area. Cause this is the first place Jesus um, taught. Um, it says the land of Zubil and the land of Nephilim beside the lake of the countryside beyond the river Jordan River, and the upper of Galilee, where so many foreigners live. There are people who sat in darkness, have great light, and they sat in the land of death, and light broke through upon them. Okay, it's Numbers. Numbers 32. So Numbers 32 is basically where Reuben and Gad settled on the other side of the Jordan River. Now, when the 12 tribes were entering into Israel... Reuben and Gad, they were shepherds. They had sheep, they had flock, they had all this stuff. And they said, you know what? This is a perfect spot for what we want to do. This is a perfect spot for who we are. Um, and they talked to him and said, and said, we need to do this. We need to enter into this, um, this area. But the thing of it is, is them leaving the, the collective was, you know, kind of something that was upsetting with, you know, everybody. They, however, promised that they will fight and help the other people get into the promised land, but they did not stay. Now, in 1 Corinthians 5, 26, God calls King Pul of Assyria, the un unknown Talik, to invade the land and deport the men of Reuben and Gad and half the tribe of Messiah and took them to 
Hale Harbor, Hera, of the Ganze River, where they remained this day. So that is the history of that area where Jesus left. And this was basically, you know, apparently God told the king to do this. Um, however, they were living in darkness. They went in and invaded that area. So I found that quite, quite interesting. And that's what we did. Okay. I just took a paper clip out of my paper notes, thinking that it was combining more papers, but it's not. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Now, when Jesus started preaching, he did say repent. Um, this is a strong Greek from Meta. To think differently or afterwards or reconsider. It was reconsidering the laws. Um, in Greek, plero uh, is the word used for fulfill. Plero basically means to teach correctly on how something is to be obeyed. So if you look at that and you look at repent, it's think differently. Reconsider how these laws of Moses that was given to Moses is to be acted out, okay? Because everything Jesus had done throughout the um, time of his ministry was completely opposite of what the scripture said. The Pharisees and the Sadducees knew the scripture. They kept agonizing him on. They kept pinpointing his faults. So Jesus said, repent for, which is the word for, um, the kingdom, property, royalty, um, basically from Basilus, rule or a realm. It's a realm. Okay. Of heaven is near. Now, the words, of course, are used differently within the Old Testament and the New Testament because the New Testament is primarily um, Greek. It is a Greek founding of what heaven is. However, we want to reconsider the fact that in the Old Testament, there's two different ways of saying heaven. Okay, so in the Old Testament, um, there's there's many different ways of saying it. Shame, shame is the singular type of heaven. Um, yem is the plural. We we hear heaven when a lot of interpretations of Genesis 11 says they were building a tower to the heavens meaning the sky, the physical representation, the uh, basha yamen, basha mayam, um, is referred nine times in the Old Testament, basically as a visual sight of the sky. Um, shame is the singular heaven. Now you get into the New Testament and what we're talking about here when Jesus is saying to that the kingdom of heaven is near, it is or anu, 92 times extended to heaven implicates happy, power, eternal, specifically the gospel. And this word is hardly ever used as a plural sense. So when it is spoken pretty much 92 times in the New Testament, it is probably a singular point of heaven. 
So we we kind of want to sit there and you know like for me it you know it's within, it is within. Everybody has a different heaven, Valhalla. Wherever I don't know all the names of many different beliefs of of the heaven, but it's pretty much all over, and that's what you make of it. Now, here is what I absolutely find interesting, is when you actually look at the area where Jesus started his teachings, it was basically around the area where more Syrian people would live. Um, He said, come with me and I will show you how to make fishers, uh, how to fish for the souls of men. Um, basically bringing out that soul that has been buried from the flesh, you know, that the whole thing that everybody's doing is deconstructing this is the deconstructing moment of when jesus is saying hey you know what let's let's wake the masses now in the area let's see fishers fisherman is defined as somebody who catches fish especially as a job uh embracing the fish with nets um this is the language understood and basically it is to be a job of of reaching for the souls of the men okay not as a collection but to bring them out fish out the truth fish out who somebody really is the bones um are the nether nether eels syria's oldest remains is found seven hundred thousand years um this is kind of a little production of, of um percentages within that area we are talking about five percent of syria this is pretty much where you know jesus started his teaching is galilee the region of palestine syria five percent um within this time frame that we have now in 2010 the latest i found which i know there's more but but there's five percent christians 16% 16% Shia Muslims, 77% Sunni Muslims, and 2% unaffiliated. This is in 2010, okay? And you would think that if the Christian Bible is the right pathway, um, then the area when Jesus first started teaching would have a big impact um, of accepting um, that kind of miraculous being walking their area. So let's continue on. Uh, Matthew four twenty three, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the holies of holies. Now this is absolutely amazing. So the holies holies is a place where people believe God dwelt. The good news was the kingdom of heaven was within and how to reach it. Crowds came from all over Syria, Galilee, ten cities of Jerusalem, all over the Judea, uh, even across the Jordan River. Now you have to understand that only specific people were allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies. Um, Entering into the Holy of Holies, you had to go through rituals. Even priests had to tie a rope around their feet, because if you didn't do it properly, they said you would be unalived. So when people would hear that the kingdom of God is near, that God, the presence of God is, is for everyone, pretty much, um, 10 cities, regions, east and southeast of the Sea of Galilee, north of Perere, the 10 cities of De, Decapolis and surrounding regions, 
were all inhabited mostly by Gentiles, not Jews. These are people who knew and saw and wasn't a Jew. Back in that time, you have to understand there was Jews and Gentiles. Okay, Samaritans were basically Gentiles. Jews did not consider anybody outside of their own faith anything else but Jew, uh, but Gentiles. Okay, and Samaritans were like another phrase for it. However, Samaritans believed there was a Messiah coming, and we could get that. Uh, we're going to get into that as soon as we f get further into Matthew. Um, but the Samaritans uh, believed that there was a Messiah coming, but the difference on how they would learn about how to worship that seemed to be the no-nos. Uh, you had to worship a certain way in order to enter into the Holy of Holies. And that even put the temple out of reach for some people. The outer areas of the temple were basically meant for certain people to enter into um, their own prayer who wasn't worthy enough to enter into the Holy of Holies then and just hoped that this God was going to answer their prayers. Um, now I find this quite interesting because after, after the shadow work Jesus did, because the beginning of Matthew four is nothing but shadow work, um, being able to be tempted. Um, I do believe Buddha was tempted pretty much the same way. Um, and you know, I could get into that. Um, but I need to do more studies on that Buddha. Um, but then it talks about the teachings that were happening across the river Jordan. And, you know, I want to, you know, do find out a little bit more on what Gentiles were over there, what beings were over there, the foreigners, many foreigners lived there. And it said, uh, basically the land of Zeman, the land of Naphon, beside the lake of the countryside, beyond the Jordan River in the upper Galilee, were many foreigners and their people sat in the darkness and even seen great light, um, sat in the land of death and the light broke through upon them. From then on, Jesus began to preach, turn from sin, turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Um, usually when it talks about near, it's, it's also talking about within many different ways of saying within. Um, so from the very beginning, the kingdom of heaven is within, it's near you. Fishers of men reaching out and bringing that you into that um, kingdom from within, whatever you divide yourself into. Um, so a little bit far up there, um, when he talks about the fishers of men, this is when James and John, sitting at the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, he called to them to come, and once they stopped their work, leaving their father behind, they went with him. Jesus traveled through Galilee, teaching the Jewish synagogues everywhere, preaching the good news about the kingdom of heaven, and he had healed every kind of sickness and disease. The reports of his miracles spread beyond and far of Galilee, so the sick folk were coming from everywhere coming to be healed as far as Syria and whatever their illness and pain or if their possession by demons or insane or were insane or paralyzed, he healed them all enormous crowds. And, and I like how he said he healed them all because this is the first 
report of what he was doing in the synagogues and how he started the ministry. Um, because it doesn't say what he was teaching. He doesn't say what he was talking about, but he said he was healing and healed them all. And they came from all over. And, and as we mentioned before, they were all Gentiles. They weren't Jews. This started off to the point to where everybody has welcome in to be healed, to be loved, to be accepted, regardless of what you believed. I'm sorry, I paused at that. And so enormous crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee and the ten cities of Jerusalem, which I listed off earlier, and from all over Judea and even across the Jordan River. So, yeah, the ten cities here is really hard to pronounce. Philadelphia, Raphael, Gadara, Hippos, Scathopolis, Dios, Pella, Generas, Cantinth, and Damascus. Oh, many different areas. And uh, so, yeah, many different areas, many different beliefs, but they all came because they knew something was there to give them healing, to give them rest, to to give them peace. And this is just the forefront of it. It isn't highlighted enough. Jesus didn't teach for them to to turn to him, to be saved through him, that he healed them. And it does, like I said, it doesn't get highlighted enough. And as we're going to be entering in Matthew 5, this is pretty much all red letters within Matthew 5 and 6 and, and 7. 5, 6, and 7 is all red letters. Um, so when I get into this, it's going to be specifically detailed on what he said, how he said it, why he said it, and the actual translation from the Greek text. Because when we enter into the actual first teaching of Jesus, I want you to be reminded that it's talking about what enter, what, what you do to enter into the kingdom. These are the rules. These are the forefront. This is basically um, what Jesus says. It talks about a lot about the law of Moses. Uh, it talks about a lot of what can be in, you know, what you do to enter in. Um, and so, when I do get on to do another podcast for this in Matthew five, uh, we will be highlighting pretty much in detail. Uh, what Jesus said about the kingdom, about heaven, about um, who enters in, and if there's a specific thing you need to do um, to be at peace with who you are. Um, again, we are deconstructing. I don't care if you don't believe any of this. Um, this is a highlight. This is something that can help you if you're on the journey and you are getting harassed by many, many people who uh, claim to be Christ followers. Um, because when we are opening ourselves up to, um, finding out the truth, finding out what is real, um, you could take this to the point that it, it never really happened, but I will still read, um, the tortoise and the hare and get a good lesson out of it. And I think this is something that we can do, especially as deconstructing. So we know that we're not crazy. We're not crazy. And if uh, you're interested in more. If you just scrolled upon this and you're not following on TikTok or any other platforms, um, Deconstructing Bru Bruja Temple, 
I am Ami Sage, and I'm hoping again to try and get this to, I don't know, get into conversations, ask questions, go to the Bruja Temple on TikTok, ask questions if you want to be on this um, podcast to have conversations, do Q&As, um, please let me know. Uh, let us try and open minds to what is the fundamental question that you are having today. Um, so that is a highlight of Matthew 4. Leading into Matthew 5, we are going to be working on that shortly. I do want to remind you, if you are on TikTok, we're following Fridays, 10.30 a.m. Central Time. I will be doing a live this Friday. We are going to have a discussion about denominations, which is quite interesting and mind-blowing all in the same. So until next time, I love you all. Be in peace. And you're not alone.